you like to sing? You're in my choir at Sandiford. Yeah, he, he's a good singer. Okay, who else can I totally embarrass this morning? I mean, who else could I pick on this morning? Let's see. Robert Jenkins. He always wanted to be in the choir. Come on down, Robert. Hey, Daryl, they're calling you up here, buddy. They need your support. They're calling you up here. We're having a men's choir. We're not singing a special. Just going to sing with hymns. Daryl. Jika said, Daryl. Come on, Daryl. Hey, James. Jerry. I'm sitting in the front. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here, and welcome to everyone, and uh, hope God's going to bless you in a special way as we worship the Lord together. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and happy to have you as a part of our family today. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and to fill them, them out. There's, they're on the end of each row. And if you could uh, fill those out and check the appropriate box and give us whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us, uh, we would appreciate that. And then pass it down the row so others can do that as well. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this, this morning. Uh, first of all, the, uh, the worship folder indicates that we'll be having a missions and ministry, um, ministry team meeting today. We will not be having uh, the missions and ministry team meeting today. I think we're going to try to do that uh, next week. Uh, also, you will notice that uh, there is no dinner planned for Wednesday, for this Wednesday. Uh, uh, we normally have dinner each week, but we'll take a little break during the summertime beginning this Wednesday. Uh, but we will be having Bible study at 6.30. So no dinner on Wednesday and no dinner through the, through the rest of July, but we will be having Bible study every Wednesday at 6.30. Yes, and we will have worship team uh, today at 5, is that right? At 5 o'clock. Uh, we are also uh, collecting deodorant for uh, Henderson Christian Outreach. And is that the basket down there to... That is the basket. So put uh, put deodorant, deodorant. So if you have some extra deodorant, or if you can stop by the store and pick some up, they'll be uh, greatly appreciated. Also, there is a barbecue benefit for Dottie Keister. That's uh, Jamie Gillette's mom. Uh, she is awaiting a um, liver. Uh, greatly appreciated. 
Also, there is a barbecue benefit for Dottie Keister. That's uh, Jamie Gillette's mom. Uh, she is awaiting a um, liver transplant, and uh, and so there's a barbecue benefit for her to raise funds to help help with that, and that will be on July the 9th. Uh, but we, but this is the last week for, for tickets, I understand, and we have tickets in the church office, and so if you would like to, uh, to help her out in that way, it'll be a, a welcome thing, and hey, it's barbecue. <laughs> That's good too, so we'll help her out and, and, uh, and be helped out in the same way. One other thing, uh, we may want to get our men's choir involved with this, because... <laughs> Because tomorrow is Velda Minton's birthday. Happy birthday, Velda. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord and just share a time of fellowship with one another. Let us pray together.
Oh, gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. We're meeting together in your house as your children in your name. And we're here because we want to be. And we're also here because we need to be. We need these times of fellowship with each other and with you. You're already here because you're among us and you dwell within us. And and we sense your presence in our midst. And we worship you today. But it's not only here when we meet together. You're with us out there too. Even though we may not sense your presence as we do here. And so please, Lord, walk into our world with us and walk with us every day because we need your guiding and comforting presence. We want to hear that inner voice that says, this is the way. Follow me. And Lord, as best as we understand your will, we want to tell you that we are already committed to follow. Lord, we see so many tremendous needs and problems all around us and across our nation and around our world. And and so we pray for our local and state and national leaders from the president on down. You said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And, And how we long for that to be true. We need your wisdom and guidance today. And help us to see how we can do our part to help further your kingdom dreams in our lives and in our church and in our world. Help us to recognize how urgent it is that we get off of our hands and and into the world. Help us, O God, to not only admire you from from afar, but to follow you as you lead us to serve. In your name we pray. Amen.
right, children, come on down to Miss Brittany. Can you guys hear me? I'm going to try a different microphone today. Okay. It's all boys up here today. That's good, right, Wyatt? Wyatt's very excited that it's all boys. All boys in children's children's church. All boys choir. This is a boys' day. (laughs) Um, What I want to talk to you guys about today is using your gifts for God. And I'm going to tell you about the gift that I have. Do you guys know what that gift is? Talking. I love to talk. Talk all the time. Miss Rachel shares this gift a little bit. Unfortunately, she's not here today. But when I was a little kid, my mom did not really see my talking as a gift. I got in trouble a lot. And I got grounded a lot, and I had to be in timeout a lot. And at school, my teachers, I got in trouble a lot. One teacher, she told me that she would give me tape to put over my mouth, but she didn't think it was strong enough to hold it. So, um, but at that time, whenever I talked, I wasn't using talking for God. I was just talking because I wanted to talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. But whenever I got a little bit older... I met some people that I worked with, and one of the men that I worked with, he said, well, you really like to talk. You should come and help us talk about a race that we're doing for Habitat. Do you guys know what Habitat is? It's where we build houses. Wyatt's grandma actually helped us build a house recently, and some other people in this church have helped us build houses over the years. Dr. Hobbs helped us build too. And so they asked me to come and to talk about their race. And then they said, well, if you like to talk about that, you should work for us, and you should talk about building the houses. So I was really happy because I got to use my gift to talk about building houses for people who needed them and putting families in homes that had backyards that were close to parks so their kids could play. So then when I started working for Habitat, there was a gift that I didn't have because I can talk, but I can't build a house. I'm really bad at it. I tried painting. I was a really bad painter. But God gave me two people who have a gift that I don't have. So I talk and I ask people, can you come volunteer? Can you come give us some money for the house? Can you donate water? But Mr. Terry and Mr. Hugh, they can build a house. They can build a very good house. So they come and they use their gift to build the houses. And then they're really nice because they talk to their friends. And their friends also have gifts, like they can build cabinets or they can do doors. Some of them are really good painters, too. Um, Some of them lay the concrete. And I have another guy named Mr. Fred, and Mr. Fred's really good at building barns for the people to put all their stuff in when they move in if it doesn't fit in their house. But Mr. Terry, his mom, is also really good at, guess what, baking cookies. So Mr. Terry's mom bakes cookies, and that gets us lots of friends. Because the more cookies she bakes, the more friends that want to come. And then after Mr. Hugh and Mr. Terry and I and a bunch of our friends build the house, then Dr. Hobbs, who's really, really, really good at praying, that's Dr. Hobbs' gift, he comes and says a really good prayer, and he talks to the family, and then we all help the family move in. So the thing that I want to tell you guys today is everybody has a gift. And sometimes we don't use that gift like we're supposed to, like my talking. But you should kind of look at your gift. And if you ever wonder how you can use your gift in the church, whether you're young or you're old or in between, then you should always, you know, come talk to Dr. Hobbs or up at Mark could find somewhere to put you. Or, you know, if you're younger and you want to ask me or Miss Rachel or Miss Kim, we can always help you find a place to use your gift within the church, too. Because the church is like Habitat. We need a bunch of different people to help us build the church like we build the houses. So that's what I wanted to tell you guys today. Thank you. going to use my gift one more time and then I swear I'm done. <laughs> Luke 9:51 through 62. 
When the days draw near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go up to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from the heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. They then went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. For this is the word of the Lord. E.M. Bounds wrote, Faith and hope and patience and all the strong, beautiful, vital forces of piety are withered and dead in a prayerless life. The life of the individual believer, his personal salvation and personal Christian graces have their being, their bloom, and their fruitage in prayer. Please pray with me. Give us open eyes, our Father, to see the beauty all around us and see it in thy handiwork. Let all lovely things fill us with gladness and let them lift up our hearts in true worship. Give us this day, O Lord, a strong and vivid sense that thou art by our side. By thy grace, let us go nowhere this day where thou canst not come, nor court any companionship that would rob us of thine. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fear relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. promised good to me his word my hope secures he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures my chains are gone I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, my chains are gone. I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who calls me here below will be forever mine will be Forever mine, you are forever mine. How nice. Isn't it wonderful that we are privy to that amazing grace that removes those chains and sets us free. Thank you for reminding us of that. 
Some of you may be, <clears throat> may be familiar with that uh, time-honored story about the board meeting that Satan once called in hell. Uh, at this board meeting, Satan put this question to all of his advisors. He said, we need to develop a new strategy for creating havoc on earth. Do you have any suggestions for a new means of reaching human beings on our, on our side or for our side? Well, one advisor suggested, tell them that there's no heaven. And then, then another one said, tell them that there's no hell. But the prize-winning suggestion was judged to be more effective than all the rest. Tell them there's no hurry. Could I suggest to you this morning that in the most important matters of life, there is indeed a very big hurry. In today's lesson, Jesus encounters a man and says to him, follow me. But the man says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Interesting response. Here's what we don't know about this man. Had his father just died? Certainly, if that was the case, he did need to go and to tend to that right away. Or did his father have a lingering illness that would claim him sometime in the near future? Or was he simply saying that he had responsibilities for his father and that someday, sometime, his father would die and so he'd better stay home and, and wait until that time came and then he would follow Jesus? Whatever the answer, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another man said to him, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Again, that sounds like a reasonable request, doesn't it? But remember, Jesus could see into people's hearts, and he knew, that, he knew when someone had a legitimate concern or was simply using a, a stall tactic. So Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to a plow to the plow and looks back as fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, it may trouble us that Jesus treated these people so harshly, who simply indicated that they needed a little more time. But Jesus knew that in the truly important things of life, there is an urgency. Some things simply cannot be put off without the threat of dire circumstances or consequences. Consider, for example, the simple act of expressing our love for the people that are closest to us. Expressing this love cannot be put off. Dear Abby, the advice columnist, was once asked what letter was requested the most for reprinting by her readers. And she replied that it was this one. Dear Abby, I am the most heartbroken person on earth. I always found time to go everywhere I wanted to go except to see my aging parents. They sat at home loving me just the same. And now when I go to visit their graves, I wonder if God will ever forgive me for the heartaches that I must have caused them. Can you feel the regret in those words? Some things simply cannot be put off, like expressing our love to someone special. You may be familiar with that literary giant of long ago, Samuel Johnson. Johnson's father was a bookseller, selling books from town to town during Johnson's boyhood. And once his, his father was very ill and he was tired and he was worn down by his constant struggle to provide for his family. And so he, he asked his young son Samuel to go to a certain market to take his place one day. But young Samuel, like many of us in our youth, was was too self-absorbed, and so he refused to go. 
And so his father dutifully got dressed and made the long and arduous trip himself, never saying a word of reproach to his son. And then 50 years later, the renowned and prosperous Samuel Johnson, his name now was a household name all throughout England. Fifty years later, he stood there for hours in the pouring rain by that same market where his father's bookstall once stood. People stared at him as he stood there almost motionless in the midst of the weather. He was remembering that time long ago when his aging father had asked him for a small favor and he had refused. Can any of you identify with that regret? A great theologian who has inspired millions of Christians confessed some time back that he had been an abysmal father with his own children. How I wish, he laments, that when my children were young, I had spent less time with my books and more time with my family. You see, there is an urgency about love, isn't there? Children grow up oh so quickly and time takes its toll in the aging process. And there are some people whose love we treasure today who might not be with us tomorrow or next week or next year. And so if we're going to take the time to show our love for one another, we better do it now. There's an urgency about the really important things in life. And one of those things is demonstrating our love for the people that we care for. You may know the story about the very bashful young man who was hesitant about demonstrating his affection for his sweetheart. And he said one night, Oh, that I were an octopus, that I might wrap all eight arms around you. To which his impatient sweetheart replied, Don't worry about having eight arms. Just make better use of the two that you do have. (laughs) Yes, my friends, sometimes there's an urgency about demonstrating love. And there can also be an urgency about changing a lifestyle. There comes a time when a person must change his or her way of living. And do it now. Folks, every day we are confronted with one tragic story after another about the inroads that drug abuse has made into our society. Uh, Ball players and movie stars and children of famous political families as well as ordinary citizens by the thousands are having their lives destroyed by this, this modern plague. How low does a person have to sink? How much money does a person have to spend? How many people's lives does a person have to hurt before he or she says, Whoa, this is it. I've got to get my life under control. There comes a time when when fighting a destructive habit or a debilitating weakness, when you've just got to say, I've got to stop. Now, before it's too late. There's a sad story about a man who waited until it was too late to make a change in his life. His name was Judas. You know, I wonder if Judas ever really intended for Jesus to die. I can't imagine that. I wonder if he ever thought that it would really go that far. Maybe Jesus had said something that offended Judas. Or maybe he had uh, said something that he didn't agree with. And that happens sometimes in church. And sometimes we might make the most innocent comment to to someone and they misconstrue it. Or or it gets blown out of proportion and it gets misunderstood or... And quite unintentionally, we've lost a friend. 
Maybe Judas felt rejected by the other disciples. Maybe it troubled him that he was not a part of, of Jesus' inner circle. James and uh, Peter, James, and John, who were always there on those special occasions. Could it, be, could it have been simply jealousy? I'll show them, Judas may have said to himself. But it may be that he never really intended for Jesus to be crucified. He cried out to the temple authorities as he tried to give the money back. He said, I have betrayed innocent blood. And they just sneered at him and said, what is that to us? As they turned their backs on him. And then Judas suddenly realized that it was too late. And he went and hanged himself. You know, it's an awful thing to wake up and realize that it's too late. Too late to save your marriage. Too late you're pregnant. Too late you're addicted. Too late you've been caught. You've brought disgrace upon your family and your friends. Too late you've had that tragic accident. Do you see sometimes that there's an urgency about changing the way you're living? Stop, for God's sake, stop. We may hear that inner voice saying to you this morning, stop before it's too late. You see that there's built into life an an important urgency when it comes to the things that really matter. And that urgency is most crucial, I think, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. I challenge you to find one place in the New Testament where Jesus told anyone, "Eh, go home, think it over, get back to me tomorrow. Never happened. Never happened. It doesn't happen. Instead, we see things like in Matthew 4 when Jesus came up to Simon and Andrew and James and John while they were working on their nets on their fishing boats, and said to them, follow me. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. He came to Matthew while he was working at his, at his desk in the tax office, and he said, follow me. And immediately he got up and left. In today's lesson, Jesus encounters two men who want to put off making their commitment to him. And Jesus rebukes them. Because apparently Jesus' Jesus's invitation is always an invitation to do it now. Do it now. You know, procrastination is a major problem in, in a lot of people's lives. It, it, it can complicate our lives in so many ways. For some people, it's a roadblock to success in our, in our work and even in our personal lives. It, It may keep us from enjoying our life abundantly the way Christ intended for us. And so when Jesus calls us, he calls us to do it today, now. And I believe that there are at least three reasons that he calls us with that kind of urgency. The first one has to do with our nature. You see, we're creatures of habit. Do you know that? We're creatures of habit. How many of you are sitting in the same place that you sit every week? Huh? Yeah. We are creatures of habit. One of these days, we're just going to have a fruit basket turnover, and they'll just freak all of you out. We are creatures of habit, and the older we get, the harder it is to change. My friends, that old adage is true. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And we may have the best of intentions, but you, you know what? If we don't act now, then chances are we never will. That's our nature. 
motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, decided to go on a diet one time, and he wanted to reduce his weight from 202 pounds down to 165. Well, at the same time he was making this decision, he was writing a book titled See You at the Top. And in that book, Ziglar included a statement that he had gotten his weight down to 165 pounds. Now, this was ten months before the book went to press, and he placed an order with the printer for 25,000 copies. Now remember, at the time he wrote these words, Ziegler actually weighed 202 pounds. So what was he doing? He was putting his credibility on the line with at least 25,000 people. And by including that statement that he weighed 165 pounds, Zig Ziglar knew that he had to lose 37 pounds and he had to do it quick before that book went to print. And he did it by starting immediately. He knew that he couldn't put that off. He couldn't wait till the, the month before it went to press to start his diet. He had to do it immediately. Because he knew that success in anything begins by starting now. And that includes following Jesus. If we put off committing our lives to, uh, more fully to Jesus, if we put that off, if we push that down the road, then chances are we never will. That's our nature. There's a second reason for urgency in committing our lives to Christ, and that is that time is passing by so quickly, and so much of it is being wasted because we, we just don't have a great purpose for our lives. My friends, there is no limit to what we can accomplish once we know what our purpose is and we put our hand to the plow and start plowing. Back in 1961, there was a group of students in Nashville, Tennessee, who set out to make a difference in the world. They were the third of three buses of freedom riders who set out to end segregation across the South. Now, this was dangerous business that they were involved in. The two previous buses of freedom riders had already encountered firebombings and beatings but these students from Nashville determined that this movement should not, should not be allowed to fail. Now, no one could deny that these students experienced a lot of joy during their trials. In fact, the notorious Bull Connor in, in, in uh, Birmingham complained that I just couldn't stand their singing. <laughs> but these students were fully aware that their actions could cost them dearly, perhaps even their lives. The night before they left, they all signed their last wills and testaments. But friends, let me tell you something. Those young freedom riders changed our world. And I am convinced that the greatest reason that we do not use our time effectively is that we don't have a driving purpose to strive for. We don't have something that is so important to us that we do everything that we can to accomplish it. So you see, there's an urgency about making a deeper commitment to Jesus right now because of our nature and because otherwise we are squandering our most valuable resource, our time. And then finally, there's a third reason for this urgency, and that is that this, the world out there has a whole lot of need and it is urgent for us to be about that, helping that world meet their need. For example, in this materialistic age and society that we live in, many of us have grown callous to the fact that there really are boys and girls and men and women who are dying every day from malnutrition and disease brought on by one thing, poverty. And we, the few, have so much, while the vast majority of God's children have so little. Does anyone care? 
Somebody needs to do something about it and do it now. Because every minute that is lost means sorrow and suffering for a little one somewhere in this world. Do you see the urgency? And human need goes so far beyond poverty. There are so many different types of need out there. There are people in our very community. There are neighbors of yours around where you live today whose souls are shriveling up within them because they feel like nobody cares. What do you think being a part of a loving church family would, could do for them? Will it be too late by the time we reach out to them? There are young people on the wrong path today, and to them, they just, they just want to have a good time. I mean, that's what young people do. They want to have a good time, but, but the tentacles of addiction are slowly enfolding them in its grip. And, and I wonder, can we reach them before it's too late? And their very lives are strangled out of them. It ought to be plain now that the really important things in life cannot be put off. Showing our affection for loved ones before it's too late. Ridding ourselves of destructive habits or weaknesses or sins before it's too late. Or committing our life to Christ before it's too late. My friends, if we put off turning to Christ, it is unlikely that we will ever heed that call. That is our nature. And we could be so much more effective in how we use our time if we would just center our lives on Him and focus on what He wants us to do. And there are people's lives in this world that we can touch for God's sake, that we can really help if we act before it's too late. Satan's most effective tool? Tell them there's no heaven? Nah. Tell them there's no hell? Nah, not that either. Tell them there's no hurry. My friends, there are some things in life about which we really are in a hurry. And giving your life in service to Christ, that's urgent. For your sake, for the sake of your family, and for the sake of the world, that's urgent. So do it today. Right now. Don't wait. Amen. Let's sing together. Take my life and lead me, Lord. That's what we're calling on. That's what God, and I'm, I'm not doing it. God's calling on you. You know, I, I just stand up here and I tell you what I think God's saying. And, and I think this song is saying exactly that. Take my life and lead me, Lord. You know, when God calls us to be disciples of Christ, He's not calling us to admire Christ. I think we can all admire Christ. Even an atheist can admire Jesus. Because He said some great things. But that's not what He calls us to do. He calls us to follow. That's a higher bar. That's a higher standard. But that's the standard that we have as Christians, not just to admire Jesus, but to follow. And Jesus calls us to do some pretty radical things in our lives if we're following. I hope this is your prayer today. Take my life. Lead me, Lord. I hope that that is true in your life. And if it's not, I hope you won't wait, but make it true today. Take my life. Leave me, Lord. Let's...
For freedom, Christ has set you free. And so let us leave this place with the deep assurance that Christ is is able to break every form of bondage, every chain that holds us. And Christ will, through Christ's Spirit, fill fill your life with love. So go. Go forth into this world in the freedom and in in the love of Jesus Christ and follow Him now. Amen. shall I give you today? You want my heart more than you ask for my way. One day I'll die, but it won't be Oh, that rugged wall.
Oh.